0: The Detroit Tigers finally score a run. They do score a run. The scoreless inning streak is over. The third or fourth one to reach 20 innings uh, on the season. Finally end that. However, they do still lose to the Houston Astros by a score of 6-3. to Um, Yeah, pretty par for the course. We're going to talk about the game today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast including YouTube okay so the Detroit Tigers finally do score runs multiple at that which is nothing short of a small miracle given the season that we've had uh that they finally score they end the scoreless inning streak they don't get shut out again and they put three runs on the board the problem is they gave up six against a really good Houston Astros team and uh yeah they find themselves on the losing end again if we were to even take one of the games in this series I would have been. Shocked to be honest with you. This is a significantly better ball club that can beat you in a lot of different ways. They have fantastic pitching. Uh, they have great offensive depth. They have a really solid bullpen, and they have the star-studded side of the offense as well. I mean, they can they can beat you with the if They can beat you with the long ball, which is what we saw. In this one. This is a really, really good team. And I know a lot of people still have the reservations about like, Oh, I hate the Astros, the cheating thing, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It it, it doesn't matter that this team is ridiculously talented. And this is probably the best team in the American league with the uh, the way the Yankees have played the last month and a half. I think that's pretty easy to say, to be honest with you. I think the The Astros are the best team in the AL. I don't think it's particularly close. And uh, yeah, I think they're the biggest threat to make it to the World Series out of the American League. This is just a a phenomenal ball club all around. And uh, yeah, especially when when they get Verlander back and everything down the home stretch here. Uh, Yeah, they're going to be really dangerous and, and fun to watch in the postseason. This is a great lineup. Uh, This is one of the best lineups in all of baseball. This has been one of the best lineups in baseball for about, what, half a decade now? And it continues to be so. And they just keep finding dudes that come up and and have, you know, WRC pluses of like 120. And they just come out of nowhere. And that's just the Houston Astros way. And uh, I I can only dream of that. In my wildest dreams, I can only dream of the Tigers, uh, the team that I root for, actually being able to do that and have that just offensive factory of bats. Uh, it's really, really impressive. And they certainly got the best of Drew Hutchison tonight. Um, yeah, look, like I, I always love the, you know, you're never out of a Drew start. You're never out of a Drew Hutchison start. Um, he gave up four runs in this one. I guess we're starting with the pitching, I, I guess. Okay, sure. It's not usually what we do, but we'll do it in this one because that's where my brain went, apparently. Um, so Drew gives up five and a third, nine hits, four runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Um, look, like, look the, the the thing about facing the Houston Astros lineup is the fact that you can just make no mistakes. You can't make any mistakes. As a whole, this outing I didn't think was some... Like embarrassingly horrific outing. He went five and a third, nine hits, four and runs, no walks, two Ks. Yet again, kept us in it. I guess four earned runs. Like you're you're kind of in a in a full run game. Uh, the ERA did go up afterwards, but no walks. Didn't beat himself. I mean, nine hits. Who cares about no walks? I guess. But my biggest thing is just he, it's not like he was getting crushed all night. He did get crushed a couple of times. He certainly. Uh, Kyle Tucker got a hold of a ball. Jordan Alvarez is unbelievable. He is one of the best pure hitters uh, we have seen in recent memory. He's phenomenal. And uh, he's going to continue. He's still pretty young. He's going to continue to just do a ton of damage over uh, pitchers in the American League for years and years to come still. So, uh, like, I'm not trying to make it sound like this was a a great performance. And now we got, you know, hoes and he was unlucky. No, it wasn't a very good performance. He was missing his spots. But, the thing is with other teams, you are able to miss your spots by a little bit and it it won't bite you 10 times out of 10. Or, oh, I left this one a little bit up. It's a fly out instead of a ground out like I wanted to. Still got the job done. Houston Astros don't operate like that. This is like Drew had six whiffs. He had a 24% CSW percentage and an average exit velocity of half miles an hour. A little over 85.5 miles an hour. Those base numbers, they're not uber fantastic, ridiculously good. I, they're not even really good, but they're not horrific and they're, they're not bad. So it's just the, the theme of this offense, and we talked about it on yesterday's show too, with, uh, with last, well, two nights ago's game, as, as you're listening to this, this is just a team that they are going to take advantage of every single mistake you make. If a ball even has a little, catches a little bit too much of the strike zone, they're going to take advantage of it. They're going to send it into the outfield. And uh, next thing you know, you're going to blink and you're going to be down two, three, four, nothing. And that's exactly what happened in this one. Tigers offense fought a little bit at the beginning and kind of hung around and then once the Astros uh, took that, that second lead or got the lead back for the second time, I should say, uh, there was just no more offense really left. Well, we had a home run kind of late in the game. It was a solo shot, so take that as you will. But it, it, it's just I, I don't – I don't know. Like, it, it's Drew Hutchison. Like, we don't have – we don't have, we don't have a, a ton of starts with him left. He's He's not going to be in the rotation on opening day. Uh, he's probably not even going to be with the organization next year. Uh, I, I would imagine he'll get an opportunity somewhere else. Um, and if he doesn't, I'd welcome him back on a minor league deal like we did this year with open arms. He, he's been fantastic, but th- there's just there's not too much analysis left. Like he threw majority of the slider because the four seam fastball was getting hit every single time he threw it. Essentially, uh, I, I mean, and the slider wasn't really effective when he switched over to that. So uh just uh a uh, replacement level ish player going up against one, one of the best offenses in major league baseball that that's what's going to happen so um no no uh hard feelings that's not really what i mean <laughs> no i'm not like really pissed off or like oh my goodness this was such a terrible start this is just like what happens when this situation arises so um, yeah, take your lumps and move forward, I guess. That's kind of been the motto of the season, unfortunately. Okay, let's get into the uh, let's get into the offense next. Or I guess the bullpen. We can just finish the pitching. I don't know why I, I did the pitching first in this one, but we did. I guess we'll do that. Uh, but first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Blue Chew. Summer is winding down. The nights are getting longer. But the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by... By Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can try Blue Chew for free when you use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to segment two of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is, why am I doing the intro right now? Why am I doing the intro? Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Thank you. We're available on YouTube, as always. Not sure where my brain went there. Okay, let's get into the bullpen, I guess. I don't know why, again, I don't know why I want to do pitching first, but I think we're just going to go right into the bullpen here. Alex Lang uh, comes in relief of Drew Hutchinson. He goes two-thirds of an inning. No hits, no runs, no walks, two Ks. Really, really solid performance that he really, really needed. Uh, Inherited for some runners there. Got out of a, if I remember right, it was a bases loaded jam. Uh, Really solid stuff. That's the best that I think he's looked in a while. And he went back to throwing majority curveball. 11 pitches, eight of them the curveball, three of them the sinker. Great. Fantastic. Four whiffs on 11 pitches. He's so nasty. And when he is hitting his spots, the thing is he's so good when he is even close to hitting his spots. He doesn't even have to be pinpoint when he's even in the area code of where he wants to hit. It's a swing and a miss every time. He doesn't even, he doesn't have to ever be Greg Maddox. He just needs to get it in the general vicinity right? Like w- effectively wild type of stuff. I don't know. So it was really good to see him just get back on the horse there. Cause it's been a really long last couple of months for him. Uh, so it was nice to see. Nice to see. He looked really, really good. Andrew Chafin uh, then goes one inning, two hits, two runs, one walk, no case. Now I don't want to just give you the same spiel Again, because for the last like three Andrew Chafin outings, I've been like, oh, it's Andrew Chafin. He's fine. Don't worry about it. But now we're getting to like three or four times in a row I've said that. And it's like, okay, We we need to like actually take a look at this. Um, Look, in this one, he anytime he threw a heater, it just got cranked. That was really all there was to it. He threw five four seam fastballs. Two of them were put in play, both over 100 miles an hour. One of them was fouled off, no swings and misses, no called strikes. So uh, three of them were hit, two were in play over 100, and the other two were balls out of the strike zone. Just zero effectiveness with his four-seam fastball. The sinker as well, supposed to be a pitch-to-contact pitch, did eventually get out of the inning, and and the and the sinker did help it a little bit, but still got barreled like two or three times. Like just, just – Really, anything that was thrown hard was just cranked. And the slider that he threw was a very effective pitch in this one, uh, but a a little, you know, too little too late discovering that. So another really not great outing from him. Uh, Look, he's been used a lot when he hasn't been hurt. He's been used a lot. Uh, Maybe it's just a little bit of September burnout there with a team that's not competitive. Uh, and whatnot. I'm not sure. I, none of my opinion of him next year has changed at all in the last like two weeks that he's kind of maybe struggled a little bit, but definitely something we have to keep an eye out for. And I can't just keep saying, oh, don't worry about it because it, I, I can't say that every single day. At some point, we have to worry about it. But I'm not worrying about it though. But also, like, we have to bring it up and talk about it. Hopefully, that made some lick of sense. Jose narrow. In this one, uh, one inning, one hit, no, any other stat, no runs, no walks, no K's. uh, Jose's is narrow ground ball machine. And he got that in this game. And that was good to see kind of weird that his sliders velocity was way down, which was kind of noticeable right when he started throwing it and he threw it more than any other pitch, but it was also somewhat effective got hit hard once. I don't know. He he's just he's so weird to me this year because he's still getting some ground balls, but some of them are pretty hard hit. But he has a really low ERA, but he's also getting hit pretty hard still and, and like some of them are getting Comerica'd, right? Like not necessarily, I don't know. It, it, something about him this year man is just it's just it's not it's not the same. It's not the same as the last couple of years. I'm still, and there's been a couple of outings where I'm like, hey, that's the Jose oh, is narrow I know, but it, it's not consistent. It, it's like every couple of outings, I'm like, oh, there he is. And then it, it goes away. And I I I don't even know if I can put my finger on it, which is probably horrible analysis. And for that, I apologize. But like I, there, there's something, there's something missing. And I, I don't know. He's at a 162 ERA. Like, I'm not trying to say he's he's been doing poorly or he sucks or anything. But I don't know. That there's there's something there's something missing. So we'll see what happens this offseason with him. That's gonna be a really interesting conversation we'll have. Uh, I think we're just gonna do this offseason. I think we're gonna do like dedicate entire episodes to players and just talk about like their futures with the team. Are they gonna get brought back, et cetera, et cetera? I think that's probably what we're gonna do. Letter grades. I don't know. I got a lot of fun stuff planned too. I got a lot of really cool guests lined up for the off season. It's going to be a a really really fun a, a fun off season. Hope, well. Hopefully the Tigers make it more fun as well. We have some stuff to talk about, but um, I got I got I got some plans in place to make it pretty cool too. Daniel Norris then gets the final inning of work. One inning, no hits, no walks, no strikeouts, no runs um yeah I'm pretty look Daniel Norris I I feel like I say this every single time no matter if he does good or bad he 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 has the stuff he's always had the stuff it's just he, he doesn't always have the command and when he does have the command he can be effective and uh in this one he was he was pretty effective gave up contact like all three balls put in play but none of them hard hit all of them very easy um and yeah so shout out Daniel Norris the, don't think his future is is with the organization, at, you know, in a month either. But we need someone to take innings and a cool little reunion story. Never hurt anybody. So uh, kind of a cool way to uh, to end the season, I guess. Okay, now we're going to go. That's the bullpen, right? Yeah, that's everybody that pitched. Okay, we're going to end with the offense for some reason. I don't know why, but we're going to. Got to keep you all on your toes, baby. Got to keep you all on your toes. All right, we'll get to the offense right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Didn't accidentally do my intro there. That's super cool. All right, the offense. uh, So three runs, but the three runs were on six hits, eight base runners as Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson both draw walks. Spencer Torkelson uh, gets on base again. Now, this is where I frustration maybe starts to set in and it's really hard to judge people overall on on a game-to-game basis it's not even difficult it's just stupid to be honest with you and it's my job to make a a show every single day so I fall victim of that sometimes so I don't want to overreact too dramatically one way or another however I thought that Torkelson's first at bat was beautiful. The walk he drew was really good. I don't think he got anything in that at bat that was too great to pitch. There was certainly a fastball on the low and outside part of the plate, I believe, that uh, I think if he knew it was coming, he could have driven it a little better, but fouled it off and then just kind of hung with it and drew a walk. I thought that that was a fine at bat. For the first time in a while, um, I thought especially his at bat, I think it was his second to last. AB either second to last or his last AB the pop-out was not a very good at bat that was hittable pitches not driven not hit and unhittable pitches getting fouled off um, or not drivable pitches I should say getting fouled off I can already hear somebody going oh if it's unhittable then how do he foul it off <laughs> so I, I just we, we need to just get consistency in here we just need some consistency And again, really, really difficult and honestly not smart to just do like all in four at-bats at a time, just judge somebody every 24 hours. But objectively, tonight's at-bats were not as good as we have been praising them for the last couple of weeks. If it's just a one-night thing, then we move on and we forget that this ever happened, right? We we don't even remember, oh, remember that one time on September 13th when he had a pop-out to shortstop though? Oh, no no one's going to care if he keeps producing like he has since getting called up. Um, but what I don't want, I just want to point out that if there is a shift and like the next week, he, he starts struggling. It started on Tuesday, September 13th, but I'm not saying that that's going to happen or that I foresee that happening. Um, you know, you know the difference. Okay, cool. So uh, there's torque, Carrie Carpenter betted cleanup in this one. Um, didn't think he looked too effective in the cleanup spot the the next thing with development for him is just uh getting around consistently on breaking balls i'm fairly confident in the carry carpenter f- hitting against fastballs at this point i almost said the carry carpenter fastball he's not a pitcher uh, i i'm i'm pretty confident in his ability to hit fastballs at this point he, he still has some timing stuff to work on and whatnot but I I'm pretty confident that when somebody throws him a fastball, that gets too much of the plate, he can drive it might be a fly out might be a double might be a Homer, whatever he he can, he can rip it right. He can grip it and rip it. Breaking balls consistently is the next step in development. Uh, I don't know whether he will be on the major league roster on opening day next year, trying to still get that or if it will be, uh, Oh, if he looks better against the breaking ball in spring training, then we will sign him up for the major league club. Or if he's just going to start off in AAA next year. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that that is uh, the, the next step in development. I think for him, Javi Baez with a hit, it was way out of the strike zone. One of the, well, we'll let's do Riley Green really quickly. And then, hmm, do had a nice hit. That was nice to see he desperately needed it. He he really drove the ball too. Desperately needed it. I, I'm I'm begging him to just go on a little bit of a hot streak for the last three weeks of the season, just to give us a glimmer of hope that he can hit at the major league level. And last year wasn't a fluke. That's all I'm asking for. I I just want the last three weeks of the season for you to have like a 750 OPS, big dog, and just so that we can be like, okay, it's possible. Because he has been really, really brutal at the plate this season, as a lot of people have. But um, he, he is certainly one of the one of the worst of the worst, unfortunately. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, whatever. Eric Haas with another hit. RBI stays hot. He did have three strikeouts in this one, but had an RBI, which in this team is the moon. So we'll take it. Uh, Cody Clemens with a home run and two hits. Again, a dude that desperately needed it. His OPS has been in the high 400s for a majority of his season uh it's i mean it's 518 after getting two hits and a home run so really nice to see really nice to see him again i, I just we still got 3 weeks left give me something to hold on to going into the off season something where i can point at and be like hey showed promise that even if it was just for 3 weeks showed promise for a little bit it's all all i'm asking for um i think that's it Harold, whatever. Uh, So, Riley Green, one hit, one walk, two Ks. uh, Got a heck of an on-base streak going there. Hanging curveball that he deposited into the outfield for a single. His OPS is up to 693. We're trying to get that thing over 700 before the season ends. Uh, He's a pro. He's a pro. And the next stage in development continues to be, now that he's starting to draw walks again, at least, it continues to be the slugging. Need that power stroke to get to the major league level. Need that to translate to the pro level. And that's really the biggest thing that I'm looking for for him the remainder of the year. Um, I think that's it for the offense. I think that's it. Look, like, I mean, this is, we've said it a million times. (laughs) This is uh, a historically bad offense. And they were, they scored three runs. That's like a pretty tall task for this team a lot of nights, unfortunately. So, uh, Riley Green also with a big-time diving catch in center field. He looks great. He looks great. And this was a dude that on draft night was pegged as like a below-average corner outfielder. And now he's just throughout his entire professional career has really turned heads with how good of a defender he is at the – at all levels that he's played at so far. I think there's definitely still a discussion about long-term what you do in the outfield. And I'm not saying he's a bad defensive outfielder. Uh, He's looked, he's looked great, right? I'm just saying, if you have the opportunity per se to bring in an elite defensive center fielder, which Riley green is not currently on September 13th, 2022 an elite defensive center fielder. Um, He is good. He's very good. And I want him in center field every day. But if you had the opportunity to get an elite defensive center fielder that was also productive with the bat, and that was like part of your next step into the competitive Detroit Tigers, then moving him, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to... How do I even word this? I just don't want it to seem like Riley Green is just unmovable from center field. I don't think that's the case. I don't think the new GM is going to think that. I don't think the Tigers currently think that. And I don't think that they're looking for an excuse to move him off of center field either. Okay? So let's just get all of this out of the way before I I, I hear what I'm going to hear back for this comment. Like, I'm not saying that they're actively like, oh, how can we move him to the corner? He's not cutting it. He's cutting it. He's doing great. But I also don't think that it's like, oh, he's just 100% locked the center fielder for the Tigers for the next six years. And that's just that. I, I think that if the opportunity arose, they would take it um, and, and they would keep Riley, obviously. But, uh, you know, how nice would it be to have an elite defensive center fielder and Riley Green's great defense in the corner? That would make for a pretty good defensive outfield, right? So that's all I'm trying to say. Um, only other story in this one was just the, the hometown kid for uh, for the Houston Astros. His second career start, I believe. And uh, both of them have gone pretty well. Haven't faced too great of opponents, but Hunter Brown, Detroit native, uh, apparently as early as like 12 months ago, was still living or still had a place or his family still had a place right across from Comerica Park. Diehard Tigers fan growing up, went to the ballpark all the time. Uh, Wayne State ties, like just a, a super cool story. And he threw sixty six percent four seam fastballs, which against the Detroit Tigers, he's going to get you a quality start more times than not. Now, at least we put up some runs. At least it wasn't a complete just flop. But still went six innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and six Ks. I don't know why I said earned runs like the runs and the earned runs were different. They weren't. Uh, the next run we got was off of uh, was off of Neris, so so not to Hunter Brown's stat line. So he only gives up two runs in six with throwing pretty much all fastballs. And like, I thought the curveball looked solid and I thought the slider looked pretty solid. I think at times they might have morphed into one pitch there, but for the most part, pretty solid stuff. Um, And that's mostly all he featured was those three pitches. And uh, look what the, the Tigers can't consistently hit fastballs. So... If you have a decent fastball, which his averages at about ninety six or ninety seven miles an hour, depending on the day, uh, you don't even have to like paint. You just be like kinda ish close to the outside part of the strike zone, and or or up and in ish, and you're gonna light the tigers up like a Christmas tree. And that's exactly what happened. So, uh, shout out to him. Super cool. I'm sure it was a great moment for his family and everything. Seeing him. Uh, it's, it, it's super cool hearing all of the, you know, people he went to school with and coaches growing up and everything be like, Hey, I'm rooting for the tigers, but like Hunter Brown can do well and I'll be okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's a cool moment. So I know the, the broadcast talked about it a lot, but, uh, still something I wanted to highlight. Cause I thought it was super cool. Um, I think that's probably it. Oh, the only other thing with this offense, I'm not sure I've ever seen a team just stare at more curveballs hanging curveballs right down the middle in my entire life and it's absolutely infuriating. Javi Baez does it like once a night. Uh and this one Harold Castro had one. Um uh Hasi might have had one, Tucker Barnhart, somebody else. like it, it seems like once an inning there's just a hanging curveball that's literally belt high right like if you put a soup can in the exact center center spot 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 of the strike zone. These curveballs would go into the soup can, and yet we just stare at them. And then when it's a curveball that bounces on the dirt, that's when we're taking our hacks. It's infuriating. Okay, that's it. I'm I'm try not to get worked up by this team anymore. Because golly, but sometimes I just uh, it's it's impossible not to. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out Locked On MLB. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings you humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey of YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. That's all I got for y'all. Um, thanks for Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for rocking with me still, even with the way this season has gone. I appreciate it more than y'all will ever know. Um, that is, I think that is it. Back at it tomorrow. Then an off day. Then the weekend. <laughs> Not sure why I just gave the schedule for the week. Same time, same place tomorrow. You know the drill. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.